Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back for another episode of the Blue White Illustrated Recruiting Podcast. Sean and I are back today to talk about Penn State's recent commitment from cornerback Kenny Woesley. Uh, we're also going to go over the defensive linemen throughout the region. Penn State still searching for a replacement for John Scott. Uh, who are some of the guys he's, uh, whoever the replacement's going to be, uh, has to hit the ground running with. We'll get into all that today and much more on the BWI Recruiting Show. What is that background? Uh, it's, never seen this case before this week, it's spring break uh, and also apologies to those who like listening quality you get my macbook mic um, because i did not bring my equipment down to the beach for a couple, couple days uh with the family so that none of that matters we're in delaware we're in uh, harrisburg where you're at but we're gonna bring you penn state uh recruiting information this is the latest uh, bwi recruiting show uh we got uh, we got stuff to talk about there's nothing going on this week coaches are on vacation staffers are on vacation spring practice doesn't start until next week so that means visitors will come to start till next week you've already put out a ton of visitors on the site of blueitillustrated.com reminder to check that out for the uh, the best recruiting coverage anywhere um but yeah that's it's kind of this this lull before the storm you know uh, everything is is going to come in next week but we still have we still have plenty to talk about penn state got a commitment at the end of uh, last week since we talked yes now before we do that though what what is in Bethany Beach in March? What are you going down there for in March? <laughs> it's not State College. Like, it's a change of scenery. Like, uh, I have this, I married into a beach house, which I really, really suggest people do. Uh, I know I'm lucky as well. well taking, uh, <laughs> taking that advice. Um, but uh, it's, it's, a, it's a change of scenery. When you got kids, uh, it, it helps to change scenery every once in a while. So not down here the whole week. Um, and it's a, it's a nice free place to stay. So that's, that's what we're doing. I got dogfish on later today, which is why we're recording in the morning. So I can not go to dogfish and then record later tonight, even though that might be an entertaining show for, for several people. Okay. Well, let's get into Kenny Woosley. Kenny Woosley, Kenny Woosley. We're still trying to figure out what 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 exactly, uh, how to exactly pronounce Kenny's last name. So we'll just call him Kenny maybe for this podcast. But Penn State picks up a three-star commitment uh, from the Imatep charter cornerback, 5'11", 165. Uh, Penn State beats out Rutgers primarily. Um, Nebraska and Michigan were in the mix. He, did he visit those two schools? No. Do I expect him to visit those two schools at some point down the road? No. Uh, this was always trending in Penn State's direction, I've felt. Uh, Penn State offered him before most schools. He visited Penn State before most schools. Uh, did I think he maybe visited Rutgers one or two more times other than Penn State. Uh, to I think, were they about even? I think it was pretty. No, I'm sorry. He did go to Penn State more. It was five visits to Penn State, three to Rutgers. Um, but this was always going to Penn State's direction, right? I, I couldn't have seen it going any other way. 
Yeah, this was the rare Imhotep kid that visited when he said he was going to visit. So he made it uh, several times to Penn State. This is a guy they've been high on for a while. I know we've talked about Emilio Agard um, and Wosley kind of in the same light because they're Philly guys. They're both right around 5'10", slight guys. I mean, size is not a strength with either of those guys. But Penn State, you know, despite what the rankings say, Penn State looked to be uh, going after Wosley a little bit harder um, over the stretch of, of his recruitment. So um, getting him on board is a guy that they've liked for a long time. I'm curious to see where he fits in just because Penn State has recruited corners so well. You look at what they've brought in with Porter, uh, Kalen King, who's going to be a pro next year as well. Um, so there's 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 a lot of different body types there, yes, but uh, Penn State has gotten the most out of its corner room. So when you're getting production and getting players at that level, it, it says something when you take an in-state guy at this point, especially one that doesn't have the exact measurables that you're looking for. This isn't a guy that came and ran a 4-3 at camp or anything like that either. So um, they, re they really like what he brings to the table. I mean, you look at his tape. Is he an outside guy? Is, an in is he a, a nickel guy? Um, he could probably play both. And I'd be interested to see um, where he is at three years from now from a physical perspective. Kind of did a little board analysis uh, over the weekend. Um, he's not big. He's 5'10". He's 165 pounds maybe, um, but not that much smaller uh, than Kalen King, like uh, when he was at this point in the in the Saints, uh, Kalen's a better was a better prospect. But at the same time, he's not too small to play corner at Penn State. So I think that you get that out of the way. Um, he's tough, he's gritty, uh, he brings some of that that Philly mentality, and and he makes plays. Um, so I think it's a quality addition for Penn State. They're going to continue to go after corners on a national level. They're going to continue to go after longer, bigger corners that maybe complement this one a little bit. But uh, uh, I think this is a guy that that's a solid pickup for Penn State at this point in the in the recruiting process. So it was a necessary pickup too, because when you look at the rest of their board, for the most part, they're going to have to go national. They're going to have to go to Florida, which they've done successfully, and I don't see them not doing that. But it's good to get what they feel is at least one of the top two or three regional guys on board. Uh, because again, you're going to be fighting with some top schools for John Mitchell, for example, down in Jacksonville, Jameer Grimsley in Tampa, who is really starting to emerge now, picking up a lot more offers. He's another, both guys I expect to visit here at some point, but it's good to get that local guy on board. That guy's going to help you with recruiting uh, because when you look at the you know scholarship chart, they're going to need another three or so um, corners this year. I mean, they could, they could take up the four. Well, I think it'll probably end at three. Uh, but knowing Terry, right, Terry will take six <laughs> if he could. So uh, I just when I look at the rest of their top guys, Antonio Belgrave, Shorter, uh, Mitchell's teammate, you got Terry on Nichols out there in Ohio. Of course, they're going to shoot for Bryce West and Aaron Scott, other Ohio guys, but it's going to be hard to land those guys. So let's see what happens. But I think from that perspective, getting that guy on board, Kenny's going to be a great recruiter as well. He's already good friends with Specca, good friends with Cooper Cousins. He's been telling me he's been talking to Coop for a year and a half plus now. So from that perspective – uh, I think it works out well for Penn State. And then I'll be really curious to see what they do with Agar down the road because here you go. You got two similar guys. Do you really want two 5'10", 5'11", shorter, uh, shorter corners when you also have better, I mean, I think better proven polished prospects elsewhere. But then also, you know, can you pass up a St. Joseph's prep guy? You haven't got a lot of momentum there. It's going to be, I think they might have to make a decision at some point. Yeah, there's questions in there. And, and it's interesting because with this corner board, they shoot, so wide in terms of this net that they cast and they get on some really good players early. Take John Mitchell, for example, uh, down the Jacksonville area. I believe he came up for a visit. Penn State's been on him for a long time and I think was the top school on, on the on three RPM. 
Um, but now he's getting noticed by big schools down there. And that's something you just have to deal with if you're Penn State. I think Alabama offered or Auburn offered. Um, and some of those Florida schools are getting in there. They do a great job getting in early with those guys, but it's about staying power and it's about getting those guys back to campus. So I, I wouldn't be shocked to see a couple of those guys pop up in June for official visits, but it's it's a lot harder to bring a corner that's got all you know all those things you like from down south. I mean, they did it with Cam Miller, obviously, uh, but it's tough. It's very tough for that for that to make uh, for for them to make that work. So we will see what happens with uh, with the corner board. Like you mentioned, I think they're going to take a bunch of them, probably more of them than they're allotted at this point, because those guys do move on to safety, and and you've got some positional flexibility with some of those guys, but. Are the guys that they're going to take from here on out 510? Probably not. So that's, uh, you know, he, I think he got in and got his spot. And uh, I think he'll be a, a productive member of this class, as you mentioned, as a recruiter and things like that. Next topic is going to be the defensive line in the region. But before we get to that, are you ready to leave the corporate rat race for the American dream? Are you looking for a side hustle while working for your current job, wanting to diversify, build wealth and or leave a legacy? Check out our sponsor, My Perfect Franchise. Andy Ludecki is a franchise consultant with over half a decade of experience placing people like you with the perfect franchise to manage. His services are 100% free, and he's here to help. If you have any questions about business ownership, check out the Blue White Illustrated message board or email Andy at myperfectfranchise.net to get started today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Good job, Sean, on the ad read. I got to say, I'm impressed, man. I th- uh, that was I made- my first one. I was very happy with that. <laughs> and everybody around here seems to be really happy with that. So, yeah, it was. Uh, I want to make sure Sean it. did the ad read. Yeah. Yeah. I really wanted to make sure Sean did the first ad read because, uh, but thank you, Andy. We appreciate you advertising with us and, and uh, guys, check him out. But all right, switching it up, defensive line recruiting. Uh, Penn State actually has handful of talented guys in the region this year um i think def- especially a defensive tackle penn state will get their defensive ends that's been consistent over the years they need to get quality defensive tackle prospects i think it's really important they need quality and they need quantity so what of course happens they lose their defensive line coach right before spring practice great timing for that one to go down uh sean i'll throw it to you i i think a lot of fans are going to say oh who's it going to be it's very hard to figure out who the next defensive tackle, defensive line coach is going to be. James keeps that stuff incredibly quiet. I we talked, you know, we heard about Justin Hines, the Chicago Bears coach, earlier this week. That doesn't seem to be going anywhere. But whomever it is is going to have to hit the ground running fast because Penn State has good relationships with a handful of these guys. There were a couple that I felt Scott was in a good spot with, 
Uh, and now that all has to start over again. And it's happening at a very crucial time, March, April. You know, th these are important visits because this is how you lock up your official visits uh, in, in June. So whoever that next coach is going to be, this is it. I mean, he's going to get one opportunity to impress a handful of these top guys. And that's, you know, that's going to determine whether Penn State gets official visits or not. That's a great word, opportunity, because that's exactly what's there. Um, you know, for for as much as I like John Scott, and we've talked about this since he left, not a dynamic recruiter, not a guy that's going to go out. And I think uh, while the five stars, you know, he did get denied in a Sutton, obviously, but that's a, a staff um, a staff effort there. Very curious to see what type of allure the next guy has. Of course, you've still got Dion Barnes on staff, regardless of his position. So there's an opportunity to, to keep some of those relationships. And I think Dion has relationships with a lot of the guys that we're going to talk about here in a minute. Um, but you have an opportunity to get out there and sort of ride that wave. That new coach bump that we often talk about is, is, is real. It's something that we talk more about with head coaches, but this is a, an opportunity for a position coach to uh, really make his name and, and get some, you know, just get a, get a little bit of momentum behind him. So be interesting to see where this class goes. Um, you're looking at maybe three defensive ends, maybe four defensive tackles. It's going to be a big class of defensive linemen. So curious to see what happens. And as always, when you're taking defensive linemen, there's going to be a couple of projects mixed in there. That's just the nature of the position. You're taking size, length, triangle numbers, uh, all those kind of things that, that, that make a good defensive line project, uh, a, a good defensive line prospect. So, um, but, but as you said, yeah, there's, there's, good talent in the region. And that's where it starts uh, with Penn State. Obviously, um, you know, some of these guys, they've had guys that have gone down south, IMG, Ernest Willour uh, is one of those guys, uh, David Polly Polly um, at Hem Hempfield was supposed to go to IMG. He's back at Hempfield. So uh, that helps. But you've got an opportunity for these guys to um, really, um, I don't want to say establish themselves, but sort of reinitiate, reignite is probably the best word um, for this process because Penn State, you're looking at some of these guys as maybe the leader, maybe in the mix type things. Now this is an opportunity for the next guy to, to vault Penn state above that. The, the guy I keep hearing the most about when I, you know, who's the most important defensive tackle prospect. Everybody seems to agree. Jordan Thomas, Don Bosco, uh, certainly a top guy. The, the one thing I'm just hesitant on pushing really hard for is those people also say, and he's also talking NIL a little bit more than some other prospects. Uh, and usually when I hear that, um, as we've talked about many times on this podcast, there's two games being played right now. There's the SEC game that's being played on the recruiting trail. And there's the Big Ten way, uh, which is, you know, for the most part, Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, they've done things uh, a little bit differently than Southern School. So obviously there's a long way to go. I don't want to I don't want to uh, write Jordan off or anything like that, but that's just something consistently being brought up. Uh, right now so let's see where where things go with that I will add in Benedict Ume is so so important here moving forward because is he a D tackle is he a DM I'm not exactly sure that'll get sorted out with time I think I think he grows into a D tackle but Penn State does have some early momentum here for a guy who hasn't been on campus uh, they're very close with his coach John Hooley uh, they seem to have built a pretty good relationship and it's not just John Scott there like Stacey Collins has been probably one of the most consistent coaches when it comes up to getting the Avon old farms. I think that's been really important uh, for Penn state here moving forward. So keeping an eye on that, I would also add Jared Smith. Um, he, he and his brother, Jacob, they just transferred to Cheshire Academy up in uh, new England area. They're originally from Kentucky, I believe it is. So do they, you know, do they have more interest in some Northern schools? Do they have more interest in the Southern schools? 
Uh, but we'll have to kind of see. I think that'll kind of get sorted out a little bit here uh, in the weeks ahead. But also D.D. Holmes, too. I don't want to forget about the Gonzaga defensive line prospect. D.D. has been up here, uh, I believe, twice already. I think D.D. primarily played defensive end, as you're kind of seeing here on the film. But he's going to grow into a defensive tackle. I think right now we have him at 6'6", 240. I mean, he can easily add 40 pounds with that frame uh, and, and be playing interior uh, in, in no time. So let's see where those things shake out. I, I have those guys those five, when you include Ernest Willer, of course, too, as the five most important, I'm kind of on the bubble with David Polly Polly a little bit. I want to see a little bit more from him. He's getting great offers. I just don't know if he has quite the the length as some of those other guys we mentioned. Uh, and let's see. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed watching David last year. I watched him play against Exeter, has some good plays. Uh, just want to, I'd really like to see him at a camp or something like that going against right. some other top guys. Go ahead. Yeah, when you, when you take a look at these 300-pounders that can move, like their offer lists are – Probably better, you know, we've talked about this before. It take There are certain positions where uh, average prospects are more valuable because of the positions they play. Defensive tackle, absolutely one of those. Offensive tackle we talked about last week. Um, so a guy like Polly Polly's offer list has absolutely blown up. Even if you're not completely sold on him, you have to be in it at this point. And you have to continue to uh, recruit him with vigor. Um, and then then you're going to get the information that you find out later. Uh, basically, can he move uh, like, you, like you hope that he can move? And, and he's obviously a strong guy. Um, so, yeah, I, I like those guys as well. Um, Willer is interesting to me. He's at Maryland, uh, I believe, tomorrow. He says he's going to visit Penn State in the summer. Um, he's been up a couple of times, uh, originally from Baltimore. So we'll include him in this for the uh, for the for the sake of including regional guys in there. Uh, Jordan Thomas, man, um, you mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, very important because just because he's got that prototypical size. I mean, you can you can nitpick a bunch of these guys because maybe a guy is six two uh rather than six four or something like that but you know when you've got the protocol prototypical size to work with and you know he's active he's a guy that's uh it's been very much in there. there there's a lot to like and ume um started looking at his film this morning uh there's a lot to like there man like he, i he's self-reported six five 260 is he that big i don't know uh, hopefully he is but even if he's six three 240 like there's still a lot to uh, like there. <laughs> wrestling background um interesting mix of being more raw you know being a raw prospect but not being as raw as i expected because he's from canada and you know the guys that come down from there you you have a, a expected level of rawness so he's right in that sweet spot where there's a lot to like there and I'm, I'm curious to see how his recruitment takes off we like attach the rocket ship to him for uh rankings i think he's 24th in the country <laughs> on on three it might be a little bit high at this point considering uh where, where he's coming from and all that stuff but uh there's a, there's a lot to like with ume i think he's a very important prospect for penn state then you get a little bit lower on the board and you've got guys that have certain characteristics um herb gray came from maryland uh they offered him in the offseason emmett laws is a really active player but like he's like six foot, like uh, the, those are the guys that you have questions about. I know, I think that T Frank was talking about him blowing up Josh Miller last year. So, so very active in the middle there um, kind of fits the mold of Jasir Whittington, like at, at Imitap, who is a tremendous player. He's an awesome player. He's also five eleven. I mean, so you've got things that work against you in that, in that regard. Now, do you have a little bit more wiggle room to take a guy that doesn't have the extreme measurements that you're looking for in a class where you're taking four defensive tackles, obviously, but you still need to make sure those guys can work. Remember what James Franklin said after the Michigan game is they're trying to get bigger at every position. Um, not everybody is Aaron Donald, and, but any, <laughs> any high school prospect that's in the five ten to six foot range thinks that, that that they can be Aaron Donald. So we'll see what happens there. Um, there's, there's other guys in the, in the, 
the, the region in the state. Uh, Deshaun Dotson visited in January. Not as big as listed, so I'm curious to see what his position looks like. Is he an offensive lineman? Maybe. Uh, it's hard to say. There's a couple of guys that fit that mold. Darian Smith um, is at St. Francis, so hesitate to spend too much time talking about that on a Penn State podcast because they haven't had a ton of, of luck there. So there there are guys, um, and there will continue to be guys that that pop up. Uh, camp is is obviously important to see how explosive, how uh, you know how athletic these guys actually are whether it be a 260-pound guy or a 310-pound guy, you want to get those guys in camp, and you want to get them around the new defensive line coach, whomever that may be. Darian Mayo, too. Like, we have him as an edge, but he's 6'6", 240. So keep that in mind. Yeah, (laughs) I remember seeing him. He came up for camp last year, and he didn't participate, and there just was like this beast of a player sitting off in the corner and a – uh, good counsel, uh, you know, sweatshirt or whatever. And I, I, I can't really talk to him at camp, but I grabbed some photos and, you know, just said hello and stuff like that. But, uh, and I realized that that's who it is, but I, I just, my point there is I, I think he's uh, probably more of a defensive tackle than defensive edge moving forward. Let's, let's see where that goes. But uh, just and talk it, about it, edge it's real quick. It's going to depend on the new guy. Like his evaluations mm-hmm. are not going to be the same as uh, John Scott's, you know? So yes, Dion will have the input there, but at the same time, like, does the new guy want to play with a 270 pound defensive end, or does he want to pack on some some pounds and and move him inside? That all that stuff is it, it remains to be seen. So, I'm um, this is an exciting time for nerds like us when we talk about measurements, when we talk about potential uh, projections and things like that. There's uh there's a lot to there's a lot to like in the region. I'll say for for potential defensive tackles. We didn't mention Brian Robinson either. Didn't he like show up like 30 pounds heavier or something like that? We didn't. Uh, so I made this list and I was like, where do we draw the line here? And Ohio is obviously a spot where Penn State has had some success in the past, but you know, a lot of those guys end up at Ohio State. Brian Robinson, I don't think he has the Ohio State offer yet. Is that correct? I, I think he's leaning towards spot. Michigan. Yeah. So I'm just like, Ohio, we're gonna throw over there. I even did the same thing with Virginia Beach, um, basically south of Richmond. Um, it, because that's just it, it's the fringe of the region. And the region is strong in Jersey and Maryland, um, and and these typical you know, closer footprint schools. So kind of left Robinson out there, but yeah, you could see like he's listed as an edge and I think he could be an edge at Penn state, but at the same time, like a lot of these guys are going to get into a nutrition program, into a weight program that they've never been in that atmosphere. And then all of a sudden just blow up and not, not in a bad way, like, but in a way that is going to see some, some healthy pounds coming and you're going to see guys that were six, five, you know, 230 pounds in high school, all of a sudden they're going to be 290 and you're not even going to think about it. We just saw that this past weekend with the roster update, you know, which, you know, check out BWI guys. Uh, Greg and I put that together on Friday, but there were some massive moves uh, from, from a lot the first of year guys. There too, huh? <laughs> for Greg, don't get me started. Tell Greg all the time, Greg, just take, just take a second and double check it, man. Like he just, he's just a robot. He's just always moving so fast. If he just slows down a little bit, he'll be faster than everybody else. And he won't, he, he won't miss Nick. Uh, he's, he's our favorite robot. We love Greg. Yeah, of course. Okay. All right, real quick. We got to mention the edge uh, position. Uh, I think Malachi Williams uh, out of Philly has kind of, I'm not going to say join the Benedict Ume rocket ship uh, train because he's yeah. not, you know, has a, jump the 25th in the country but as far as penn state's perspective go he's the guy that 
I didn't hear really anyone mention to me in October, November, December. And then when I did a story the other week, uh, it was like a unanimous, like this guy might be top five, top 10 most important prospects in the class all of a sudden. So obviously keep an eye on Malachi Williams. I think he's going to be a guy that Penn State pushes really hard for. Dylan Stewart, he just got ranked the number one recruit in the country. Do I see him ending up at Penn State? Probably going to be hard there. Jacob Smith's incredibly important. I, I, of course, we just talked about his brother, Jared. Uh, they both just transferred to Cheshire Academy. Penn State needs to get them back on campus, man. I, I don't think – I think the last time they were here were was a spring game last year, I believe. Blue game, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe Those Aaron Childs? Were, uh, what about Aaron Childs? Is he at the end? I mean, he's a beast. I know that. But, like, we saw – remember, we saw him at camp last year. You were talking about good counsel was up for camp last year. And, like – He's 230 pounds as a guy going into his junior year, and he's got this base. Like he does not look like a linebacker, and and, and that's not a shot or anything like that. But he's got this big, wide base, and the guys that actually the guys that good counsel were like, he's gonna not eat his way to defensive end because that's a you know a negative connotation. But like if he keeps these things up, and we just talked about being in a strength program, being in a nutrition program, like that's that is a guy that can blow up and be 255 pounds in probably not stay at, at linebacker. I think Michigan's the team to beat at this point with him. Penn State's got to get him back on campus. But, like, he's one of those guys that is in that realm of definitely could play edge if he wanted to play edge. Like, if he let his body go – not let his body go, but if he let himself get as big as he could naturally, I think he could be a, an edge guy. Of course, Jalen Harvey is going to always going to be on the mix. Uh, he was at Texas and Texas A&M over the weekend – Dylan Stewart's interesting. He's going to be he's going to visit Penn State in uh, April, I believe April seventh. Um, he's been up a few times, but I think he's he is SEC bound um, in my mind right now. So I don't think that that falls into that. Um, an interesting one here: Cole Sullivan uh, at Central Catholic in Pittsburgh. And in, in terms of in-state guys, uh, aside from Malachi Williams, uh, Cole Sullivan is a really interesting player. He's a high school linebacker. Um, curious to see where where his actual size is. I didn't check that before I came on here, but he's a good player and probably an edge prospect at the next level. And then you get into Maryland, you get to some of these other guys that they have offered as like, do we know that this kid is six, seven, two fifty, like he's listed or is he six, five? And does, does that all that stuff matter? Obina Unwaka. I miss just butchered that one. So I apologize. Devin Baxter, Xavier Gilliam, those guys in Maryland. And then the interesting one here is Dom Nichols, because we both have picks in for Dom Nichols to go to Penn state, but I don't think we feel tremendous about that right now. Not in the sense that he's not interested, but in more in the sense that like, there's a lot out there and, has he has he kind of shifted down the board in terms of what Penn State's looking for? And of course, new guy's going to come in do his own evaluations. But that's that's just an interesting one when we talk about those early picks. Caden Brown, did you mention Caden Brown? I don't know if you. I, I was I was trying to find Cole Sullivan's uh, height and weight. By the way, he's six three two hundred. So we have a six four. I'm going to change that to six three. It's it's really six three two hundred. Uh, so we'll see how he progresses. But Caden Brown is going to visit in two weeks. So uh, is Penn State going to pull somebody out of Rasmus Hall? Eh, I have my doubts, but right. uh, he is going to visit here in two weeks. So I think and, that is important to know. And Cole Sullivan, you mentioned 6'3", 200, Malachi Williams, 6'3", 200. That's fine. It's not about the size. It's not about the weight. It's about the frame and potential for adding uh, size and keeping athleticism. And they think both of those guys can do that as edge prospects rather than linebackers. Because, you know, you hear 6'3", 200, you think a linebacker automatically. And Jalen Harvey's kind of the same 
Uh, same way, kind of flipped on its head where he's six one and a half, two forty right now. You're thinking maybe he can play linebacker as well. But these guys are edge prospects for a reason. Um, these coaches that are much, much, much smarter than us when projecting these things are uh, kind of adamant about that. So just for the for those guys in the region, it, it's another good group, um, and I think it'll continue to grow because you see guys coming out of specifically basketball season um, that move really well, that have explosion, that are six five two. 20 to 25 right now um, and you want to get those guys into camp so it's it's also a transition period for evaluations but at the same time you know Penn State has gotten these a lot of these guys on campus already well we will see who that new D-line coach is I would assume that we will know here in the coming days I don't think James Franklin wants that dragging out into spring practice maybe it will but I would assume he'd like to get that done here in the coming days, uh, Sean, you are in beautiful Bethany Beach. It is 45 degrees outside today. You have a fun-filled day at the beach. <laughs> so we're going to wrap this up. Uh, big thanks to Andy Ludwig, or Ledecky, excuse me, Andy Ludwig. <laughs> that was the offensive coordinator for Utah. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to Andy Ledecky uh, for sponsoring the podcast. Sean, great read. Uh, next week, we'll be back. Hey, there's going to be visitors on campus here uh, in about, what, 10, 15 days from now. Uh, actually, less than that. What? A uh, little over, little what, 10 days, 11 days? Something like about that. About eight days, but, yeah. Yeah. So we'll have we'll have stuff to talk about next week here. Um, but uh, for BWI's recruiting show, that's Sean Fitz. I'm Ryan Snyder. We'll talk to you guys next week. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.